0: We heard Paul say today, Always keep watch over yourselves and over the whole flock in which the Holy Spirit has placed you as overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. Amen. My dear Christian friends, while Paul was on his third missionary journey through Greece and Asia Minor, he was preaching salvation through Jesus Christ alone in the city of Ephesus. The only problem was this was cutting into the profits of Demetrius and the other craftsmen in the city of Ephesus because people were stopping to uh, no longer buying the silver statues of Artemis, the Greek goddess, that people would specifically come to the huge city of Ephesus to worship at her temple. Demetrius and the other craftsmen caused a mob to start, and they were leading them in chanting, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. When the uproar finally died down and the mob dispersed, Paul decided to leave Ephesus. Now, don't think that he was fleeing in a panic because of the mob. He had always planned on leaving Ephesus to go to visit the other churches he had started in Macedonia and Greece. And then he was heading to Jerusalem. Paul was a conscientious pastor and missionary. And so he cared deeply for the saints that had been converted by the Holy Spirit back in Ephesus. So he called his disciples to gather to him so that he could fortify them in the faith. Paul was the head missionary and the pastor of the other pastors and missionaries in Ephesus. He met with them at a coastal city far away from Ephesus. They were to be under shepherds of Jesus, the good shepherd. Because Paul didn't know if he was ever going to see them or the other saints in the city again. He had a sneaky suspicion that he was going to be martyred for his dangerous testimony. So he wanted to leave some lasting instructions for the people who were so precious to him. The shepherds and sheep of the good shepherd. Paul wanted these spiritual leaders to have the same heart for the saints and the shepherd that he had. Though Paul is speaking to elders and pastors, we can still apply these words to ourselves. Pastor, And people, spiritual leaders in the church, spiritual leaders in your home, spiritual leaders and confidants possibly in your workplace and in college. How important are these first words? Always keep watch over yourselves and over the whole flock in which the Holy Spirit has placed you as overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. The pastor needs to be able to watch over his own faith and doctrine and life before he is able to, be a- to watch over the faith and doctrine and life of those in his care. And the same is true for you as parents, that your children are watching you. They're watching how you pray. When you are setting aside time to study the scriptures, how you place the good shepherd as number one in your life. When I was at the seminary, I remember our professors teaching us that before we preach a sermon to the congregation, we have to first preach it and apply it to ourselves. That as pastors, we need to be reading God's word for our own enjoyment and nourishment, not just preparing for Bible studies and sermons. It's like the directions that the flight attendant gives before the plane takes off. You know, the directions you always ignore. But she's telling you what happens or what you're supposed to do when there is an emergency. That you need to take care of yourself first to buckle up and to put the oxygen mask on. Then you can work on doing the same for your children or those that are seated next to you. This isn't being selfish or self-centered. You're no good to anyone else if you're the one who is in trouble. So confess your sins before you point out the sins of others. Apply God's comfort to yourself before you give that resurrection comfort to others. Feed on God's word and sacraments so then you can invite and encourage others to receive the sacrament at the Lord's table. The Holy Spirit has called you to the high position and serious responsibility. He's called me to be your pastor. This last week, through you, He has also called Pastor Schmitzer to be your pastor. The Holy Spirit has placed you as Fathers and mothers in your home and teachers in our grade school and in our high school. He has called you to be overseers in the church of God. And who are the lambs and sheep in your care? Paul says they are those who have been purchased with God's own blood. Purchased with God's own blood. I don't want you to pass over that phrase too quickly because it's a statement that is impossible, isn't it? God doesn't have blood. The only way that God can have blood is if God takes on human flesh in his incarnation and conception and birth. And then uh, that he goes to the cross and then sheds his divine blood on that cross of Calvary. But it is through that divine blood that God then has purchased back the church, you, from the devil. Now you belong to him. You are citizens in his kingdom, children in his family, saints around his throne, lambs and sheep in his flock. And the Apostle Paul tells us the reason for this watchfulness. I know that after my departure, savage wolves who will not spare the flock will come in among you. There are real dangers out there, that there are spiritual predators who will come after the spiritually weak and unhealthy and inattentive. Paul is echoing the words of Jesus to his disciples. Look, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves. But that doesn't mean that Jesus is not going to send them out into that danger, No, he's just warning them to be prepared. He says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. These wolves can be practically indistinguishable from the true sheep, but they can do great damage to the unsuspecting Christians. And these dangers don't just come from those that are outside of the church. The true danger comes from the wolves that look like the sheep that are inside of the church. And if you have been a member of this church for over two decades, you know the damage that one false teacher can bring upon one congregation. Paul says, even from your own group, men will rise up, twisting the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. But always being watchful is hard. Getting dressed up for worship, singing hymns, studying God's word, and praying is time-consuming. Answering children's questions and sharing your faith with others is uncomfortable. Just, it'd be easier if you found someone else to do it. But the thing is, the Holy Spirit doesn't call someone else He has called you to be his overseers. The good shepherd doesn't find other people. He has found you to be his lambs and shepherds and his under-shepherds. This is your calling, your responsibility, your Christian vocation. Despising God's vocation is not god pleasing. Being apathetic to your calling is dangerous. Ignoring the warning to be watchful is disastrous. Failure to warn others about the ravenous wolves can turn bloody. But when you fail to see, to take the danger seriously, Then look at the serious work of your good shepherd, that Jesus stepped in front of the danger for you, that the wolves of the Jewish Sanhedrin and the Roman soldiers, they pierced his hands and feet. When you fall into thinking that your spiritual welfare is just fine, then see the extraordinary heroism of your good shepherd. He placed himself between you and the wolves so that they would attack him and he could protect you. When you... Shrug about the inconvenience about being diligent and spotting spiritual danger. See the deadly diligence of our Savior who left the safety of heaven to be struck by the fangs of the ancient serpent and be pierced by the deadly spear of the centurion. When you feel content... With one hour once a week of sitting in pews or on the sofa, then consider the eternity of hell that Jesus suffered during his six hours on the cross. See the price that Jesus paid with his divine human blood to acquire you as his own. You were worth dying for. And someone loved you enough to tell you about Jesus' great love for you. Brothers and sisters, I want you to close your eyes, just for a moment. I want you to close your eyes. You're not going to fall asleep. And I want you to go through in your mind a spiritual scrapbook. I want you to think of the faces of the person or persons who told you about Jesus. Okay, you can open your eyes. Who did you see? Whose face popped up first? Was it maybe your dad? And Maybe he wasn't the most nurturing in his parenting style, but he made sure that he got your butt to church every week. Or maybe it was the face of your mom. Your mom who was there holding your hands as she prayed with you and read God's Bible stories to you before you closed your eyes at night. Or maybe it was your child, the one who kept bugging you every Sunday to take you to Sunday school and all you wanted to do was sleep in. Or maybe it was the face of a pastor who was persistent, who would not take no for an answer, who would not give up on you, who kept inviting you to classes, and you knew one of you would have to give in, and you knew it wasn't going to be the pastor. And maybe you remember Pastor Jaster or Pastor Kraus or your confirmation pastor. But you are blessed right now because the Holy Spirit had placed an overseer in your life who took the responsibility seriously. And now the Holy Spirit today is renewing your call for you to take your God-given responsibility as an overseer just as seriously. You needed a shepherd. You still need a shepherd. And the children in our school and the students in our high school, the families in our church, the people in our community, They need that same shepherd who is talking to them, who is warning them and inviting them. I pray it is every one of you. Paul writes, And now I entrust you to God and to the word of his grace, which has power to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. You know, over the years, I've had plenty of people that have said to me, you know, Pastor, I'm fine. I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I don't need to tell others about Jesus. My faith is a personal thing, just between me and God. And then I tell them, you know what? I agree with you. I can think of some people in the Bible that said exactly the same thing. And they said, Really? Who? Well, and that gives me the opportunity to do a Bible study. I said, Well, There was Moses. Moses didn't want to go and talk to Pharaoh. And then there was Jonah. He didn't want to go and talk to the people of Nineveh. That there were the disciples who were hiding behind locked doors after Jesus' crucifixion. And there were the Jewish religious leaders who told the disciples to stop talking about Jesus. Then the reaction is usually, well, I didn't know that. And then I remind them, yeah, those were people who wanted to keep their faith a private thing. And that was perfectly fine, except not with God. Because God told Moses, you go to Pharaoh to tell him to let my people go. And God wasn't fine with Jonah, Keeping to himself, he used a miraculous storm and a giant fish to swallow up Jonah and turn him around so he preached law and gospel to the residents of Nineveh, covered with fish vomit. And once the Holy Spirit worked on the apostles, they could not stop talking about Jesus. And when the religious leaders told the apostles, stop talking about this Jesus, they said we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. And then I share with them, my friend, I know you want to keep your faith a private thing, but for the past 2,000 years, people have not kept their faith a private thing, and that's why the church is still going on and growing, because somewhere in your life, someone loved you enough to tell you about Jesus. And then I Finish with this. You know, though I could be wrong, maybe you can tell me where God says in His Word, don't go and preach the gospel, and don't baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and don't teach others what I have commanded you. But they can't do that because God says exactly the opposite. My fellow, fellow lambs and sheep in the Good Shepherd's flock. I pray that you share the same zeal that Paul had for the saints and the Savior. Be under shepherds in the good shepherds' flock. And may the Lord of the church bless you as you share your dangerous testimony today and every day. Amen.